and welcome to Lockdown Wild, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Uh, this is a daily wild podcast, if you haven't heard. Please make sure you download, subscribe. That helps us out big time. Uh, you can listen to us on your smart speakers, all that great stuff. Uh, with me is Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. My name is Joe Bully. I am your host. I kind of forgot to do that part. Um, but uh, today we are actually going through your mailbag questions. Yeah, uh, we put out a Tony put out a tweet earlier uh, in the week uh, asking for your questions, and so we're going to kind of go rapid fire through them. So, Tony, you want to lead us off? Yeah. All right. We'll start with uh, we'll start with some of the big ones from Tom Hohen, who uh, who gives us quite a few questions. Uh, how long will the organization regret the Boldy pick? Ooh, that's a really good one. I I don't think that they're regretting it even right now. I do think Boldy is one of those players that uh, is going to be a, a very good player in this league. I don't think he's a boss. I know he's had a really quiet uh, college start to his college career. Um, and I know Caulfield is, is completely on fire right now. But uh, I don't think they're going to regret that. I really don't. Just one goal in the uh, in the one point in the World Juniors for uh, for Caulfield though, just uh, mm-hmm. just to point that out there for no reason. So my thing is Minnesota is not going to regret picking Matt Boldy until it is uh, it is proven that he's not an NHL player, and he hasn't proven that he's not an NHL player. I think being a first round pick gives him a lot of leeway, and I think they're going to give him every chance to to prove that. And I think that he's going to he's going to be better than what he's shown in his college career. He's been real snake bit. Uh, he is on a, a deep team where he's not the focal point of the uh, of the squad in the, in the same way that someone like Cole Caulfield is. Uh, I, I I just I just I beg Wild fans to give this one time. Yeah, I think give it some time. Uh, I got a question here from Aaron Anderson. And uh, this is right up your alley because I know how much you hate uh, the offside rule. But how specifically could hockey change if the offside rule was removed? You know, like cherry picking, neutral zone, all that regrouping type stuff. It'll be a faster, more offensive game. You're not going to necessarily be able to trap uh, trap as well, I think, because you don't have to kind of organize your attack around getting, you know, the players in along with the puck at this before you like, you're, you're not going to have to deal with any of that. So I think the game will be faster. I think it'll add more offense. And like, I think people are like, Oh, but people will cherry pick people will cherry pick. Well, okay. If, if, uh, if Pavel Beret's out there cherry picking, you know, then you, you basically have a power play in Pavel Beret's team's defensive zone. So I, I don't know how, how that's a negative, you know, yeah, I, I suppose you could see that, and it, it is a a strategy if you're if you're not going to play, you know, five on five straight up, you're gonna try to cherry pick and that kind of stuff. So you are taking players out of out of the you you are taking players kind of away from the puck at times as well. That probably should have the puck a little bit more, or at least that could uh, affect, you know, defensively as well. I still, I still feel like the defense should at least have a chance. (laughs) And I just, I just overall think that uh, there's going to be more space, 
but does it really create more space in like the danger areas? I mean, sure, you're probably gonna have more fluidity through the neutral zone. Um, but I, I feel like you gotta at least give the defenses a chance. I'm not a person that hates defense, and I know you kind of are. <laughs> I don't hate defense, but I don't like artificially suppressing offense, which I think offsides does. Okay. Next question. Tom again asking, go to some of the vets to waive uh, their no-move clause at the deadline if the team's out of the playoff chase? Well, who are you going to get to waive? I mean, you got Zach Preezy and Ryan Suter, who probably won't. And you probably don't want to. Probably don't want to either. I could see maybe Eric Stahl potentially going to him, but even then, like he flat-out refused to go anywhere last trade deadline. Maybe you can get like a Matt Zuccarello. Ultimately, who's got no trade clauses on their contracts? You got Jared Spurgeon, I think, who just has one. Yeah, that's not um, happening. Yeah, I think Jason Zucker's got one. Miko Koivu, I think that he kind of has the right to kind of go out on his own terms. Maybe you ask, but I, mm-hmm. I but um, I, I, I wouldn't personally if it were me in that GM seat. So I don't know. I don't know if there's. The veterans that I think people think most of, uh, Parise, Koivu, Suter, I, th- I think there are better ways to get value anyway on this team. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is kind of maneuvering around Eric Stahl's no-trade clause. Maybe that's maneuvering around Jason Zucker's no-trade clause. We talked yesterday about Marcus Foligno perhaps having a lot of value. Like I think there are, Jonas Brodeen, I think, might have a lot of value. I think there are ways to get value that don't have to do with uh with these veterans so all right uh next... Devin Dubnik is also a player that that you might could be able to go to but uh, if you trade Devin Dubnik uh, you're really taking a big risk with some some younger and unproven talent right now I, I think it would be kind of like a bad from like the Paul Fenton dealing with people standpoint to to uproot Devin Dubnik at this time anyway correct so all right, uh, I'll just keep going through uh, uh, Tom's questions. Uh, what should the level of expectation be for Minnesota Wild fans with the imminent arrival of Kirill Kaprizov? I know Bill Guerin's trying to temper expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people should be relatively excited for him to... <laughs> to to come in and and be a, a fixture on this on this team now there will be an adjustment period and if he has a slow start or even a hot start and then he gets cold then you know you have to just kind of take that a little bit but overall i think this kid's going to grow into something that the that wild fans are going to love uh, on this team for a bunch of years so um ultimately what can you expect i i think you can expect some goals i think you're going to see um Probably kind of like how Fiala was, where he maybe given up the puck and maybe wasn't defensively sound, but it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, in in the overall uh, realm of things as well. Keep it chill in year one, and then raise them after that. I think is is the best way to go. Uh, Tom Hohen again, because Target Field holds substantially fewer people than TCF Bank Stadium. Should we expect significantly higher prices for next year's outdoor game? I believe the release by the Minnesota Wild, and according to the article that uh, broke down the Winter Classic announcement and how 
the NHL and the Minnesota Wild and the Twins came to this agreement was that they didn't want to do any real price gouging. And I'm sure it's going to be sticker shock compared to what you're normally seeing at the X, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be any different from what you saw from other winter classics around the league. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely zero chance the team resigns Miko, right? I wouldn't give it zero chance. Yeah, I think that's wrong. I think there is a chance. I, I, I think a lot of it's kind of going to depend on where Miko's at at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, he's played a thousand games in a wild uniform. Like maybe he does feel like he's accomplished, if not everything he's wanted to, enough of what he's wanted to, uh, to the point where it's like, okay, like maybe this is my time to step away. But I think that uh, I think that he's got to figure out whether he's there, and I mm-hmm. think the uh, team's got to uh, got to be able to uh to discuss it with him at that time too so maybe it does result in miko coming back and like hey like if you want to be back and you're our fourth line guy maybe a power play face-off specialist like go ahead like he's he's actually done pretty well in the power play this year but yeah i I would not say there's a zero percent chance that he comes back it's definitely not zero he's still effective even at his age um he's had a pretty solid season he after responding back from the uh the acl injury that he suffered last year i still maintain that uh maybe you rip the band-aid off and just kind of do a changing of the guard here uh just because this team is going to be in transition but uh if they bring him back another year i wouldn't necessarily hate it either depending on 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 his overall health as well all right that was a good set of questions there i think we're going to take a quick break gather the rest of them in here and, uh, and continue on in the next segment. So um, we'll be right back. You're listening to lockdown wild part of the lockdown podcast network. And welcome back to lockdown wild. We're going through your mailbag questions uh, answered a bunch of them by Tom Hohen. Appreciate him reaching out to uh to us via Twitter and uh, giving us a bunch of good questions here. Let's continue, Tony. You've got all the questions in front of you, so why don't you go ahead? I got more by Tom because here's the thing. If you are going to help us by giving us mailbag questions, then I want to make sure that they get answered, and I know that Joe's the same way. So two more by Tom, uh, and, and they're both good questions, I think. First is, why do you think it took so long for Bruce to figure out that slow and old was not the way to go when three-on-three overtime rolled around? <laughs> Uh, good question. <laughs> At the same time, I think that they're, I think coaches like to, I think coaches like to go with guys that have perhaps been there before, you know, like they, they like to lean on, on, on your veterans. Now that's not always the recipe for success, but I think they, they like to try to give the benefit of doubt that guys that have been in this league for a long time who have scored, who have had success, um, can ultimately and will ultimately know how to get it done. I would say that it's personnel and trust. There haven't been a lot of players who were fast and young on the wild. Uh, Even today, there aren't that many who fit that bill. And even when, uh, when we're talking about the, uh, the battle days where you would see Koivu Parise and Suter out there every night, Zucker would get a lot of assignments there too. So Mm -hmm. I, I think part of it's uh, a big part is, is personnel. Next question. 
are we attributing Dumba's play on his injury from last year? Doesn't look good at all. (laughs) Yeah. I saw a question like this uh, earlier as well, where he's, his career has kind of been derailed a little bit by an ill-advised fight here. Um, Granted, he was mostly jumped by Kachuk, I think. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. He he clearly isn't playing well. He doesn't look particularly great. But I do – I think between the Jets and the Flames game, I do feel like he has turned it around a little bit. I see him shooting more. I see him be more active. Um, see a lot more pucks rolling off of his stick, which is unfortunate. But for me, I think it's just a confidence thing. I think if he gets a puck to go in – I think you're going to see a big uh, change. I think it's going to be a, like a snap of the fingers. I think we're going to see uh, maybe not quite the Matt Dumba that we saw at the start of last year, but we're going to see a much better version of Matt Dumba than we are seeing right now. I think it's a combination of injuries. Lucky's only shooting 3% this year, which, you know, somebody who has a shot as good as Dumba, that's that's not going to hold up for uh, for a super long time. you got to think. And then uh, I, I think the last thing is kind of like, you know, the the power play, and we talked about a little bit on this episode of ten or this week's episode of Ten K Rinks Radio. I don't think it's getting him the puck in creative enough places. Like you can key in on Dumba, and like Dumba's maybe not either. The Wild don't have the offensive weapons around him where Dumba can do the Ovechkin thing, and teams will kind of back off on that, even though he's a huge threat there. Or he's not that Ovechkin level, which I think is also like, you know, pretty re- like a, a pretty reasonable thing for the, for Dumba to be because like yeah. Ovechkin's like the best goal scorer ever. But <laughs> it, historical, yeah, historically good. I mean, it's crazy with Ovechkin. But so I, I think there's a, a number of factors. But do I think the injury has something to do with it? Like. I got to think so, because, you know, when you're looking at how well he was playing last year, coming back, whether it's just kind of like, you know, in his head, like maybe he doesn't want to exert his pectoral muscles to the full, full max or whatever it is, you know, like a lot of this stuff can uh, can take time to uh, to get used to again. Mm hmm. I still think Dumba's a, a very solid player. I think he's a, a fun player to watch. I just like I've always felt like it's confidence with him right now. Oh, awesome as hell! Like I, I have full faith in him being able to get back. But that's it for the uh, the Tom questions. Uh, let's go to Marius. Did Cousins finally change the nev- narrative? See, I think this is a weird thing because, like, sure he won a playoff game. But, like, I, I don't think, like, the game itself, like, he was particularly on fire. Or I would great, agree with that. You know? So, like, I still think he's the same quarterback that he was even yesterday or two weeks ago. I mean, he's an accurate passer when he's got time. He's not a particularly adept scrambler. And um, so did he change the narrative? I think it's weird that people are like, okay, yeah, maybe he's he's good now. After after what, twenty four hours, mm-hmm. one game, I I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a solid quarterback. Is he greatness? That I don't know. I, I don't think so. But uh, I kind of think co- he has to kind of get Minnesota to a Super Bowl for that narrative to really change. Absolutely, yeah, and 
that's really what it comes down to is uh, it's going to be something like that where he's getting uh, he's not just he's got to back this win up is really what he's got to do. I mean, even even Peyton Manning caught a lot of crap before he got the monkey off his back in in, in a big way. And I think that uh, I think that it's nice to get that underdog win. But at the same time, like Minnesota didn't get Kirk Cousins to get underdog wins. And is that a fair expectation? Maybe not. But at the same time, like it's there. This is a team that should be a Super Bowl contender. It's up to him. Right. Okay. Rapid fire on these, because these are all Vikings questions from Marius. Uh, Rudolph or Thielen, who's the bigger Minnesota legend? Uh, being that Adam Thielen is actually from Minnesota, from Detroit Lakes, it's Thielen. Mm-hmm. It depends. If they end up going to the Super Bowl, I think the Rudolph thing could stand out in, in the way that Diggs' Minneapolis Miracle stands up but, out. But mm-hmm. I think the Minneapolis Miracle is going to stick in our heads more at the end for longer than the Rudolph catch, as good as that was. Zimmer out or Zimmer in? Oh, he's in. Yeah, I think winning I the playoff game gives him another year. Uh, I just don't think that the Wilfs have an appetite for changes right now. I think they overall they like stability in the uh, in the uh, coaching staff that's going on, and um, sure, like there's the up and down with with results, but overall, I think they and and I I even myself I don't really mind the job that Zimmer's done. I mean, there's some things that happen, but I think every market goes through that with their, with their head coaches. Rick Spielman, the greatest of all time GM. Uh, no, no. Do you know who Bill Belichick is? Right. Let me me introduce you to Bill Belichick. I mean, I mean, Spielman has made some really solid draft choices. Really good. But he doesn't, I don't know. I mean, they did do a pretty good job. I think this year assembling, uh, the roster under an extremely tight cap, bringing both Rudolph back and Everson Griffin, who was another uh, solid uh, player in the in Sunday's playoff game against the Saints. Um, so they did have that work out as well, but uh, I think I wouldn't call him the greatest of all time. Yeah, who was the uh, who was the GM that didn't pass on Lamar Jackson? <laughs> I think I might rather have him. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. All right, we are going to go. We got some more wild questions. Uh, Warren Moon Jr., best wild goalie of all time. He says, correct answer, Josh Harding. Hmm. It's Dubnik. It really is. Like, Josh Harding had a really great stretch of games for about half of a season. Uh, And even then, I think Dubnik had a better stretch of that sort. Like, no disrespect to Harding, but definitely, uh, yeah. Morpheus from the Matrix asks, do the Wild look to move Devin Dubnik from the starting position after the season? Who's going at the trade deadline, if anyone? Uh, I think we talked about Dubnik a little bit. Um, No, I don't think he's moving from the starting position after the season. Uh, Not unless they have some sort of a better plan or somebody to replace him. And it's not going to be right now within the organization. They're not going to put Staylock up there. I think Capo Kakinen or Matt Robson or Hunter Jones or whoever is it's going to be, it's going to need more time. I just think that's the way it is. There's no way that Devin Dubnik is going to be moved out of the starting position at this point. If anything, I think they're going to, uh, they're going to start splitting his starts more with, uh, with one of their AHL guys. 
but I, I don't think that he's going to uh, to be replaced as a starter. Trade deadline, we talked about that a little bit, so we will move on to... We are going to move on to Johnson from Wisconsin, and you submitted two questions, and I'm just saying this right now. We will save your other one for a future episode, so hold tight on that one. But your question, does Kirill Kaprizov really need to have a Russian on the team for security, or will partying with Dumba be enough? (laughs) I want to party with Dumba. That would be enough. I think it would be good to at least have somebody that, that could help make that transition uh, a little bit easier. Um, if they were to bring in like a, a Mikhail Grigorenko, somebody that's been in the NHL that can kind of potentially at least tell him or at least relate to him, like, okay, this is what you have to do. This is kind of what it is. This is what you need to get used to. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I, I think that, I mean, does he need to have one? No. Would it be super helpful for a 23, 24-year-old kid coming from another continent uh, for the first time, you know, being away, like, significantly away from home and and dealing with uh, with the culture shock and maybe having someone who can talk to? Like, you know, Minnesota, he, he's learning English, but, like, Minnesota doesn't have a coach, for example, uh, mm-hmm. who can speak Russian, let alone anyone in the... Uh, in, in in the organization, really, like, um, right. or at least not in the NHL. Uh, here, here, here's my here's my pitch for this. If you can't get a player, goalie coach Ilya Brizgalov. There you go. There you go. I wouldn't mind sitting at partying with him either. No, it's got to no. be on some real fun stuff. All right, and uh, uh, I was gonna say though, like, uh, I know that Havanov, the uh, the the Russian stud for Moncton is is potentially going to turn pro after this season, whether that's going to be the AHL or, or in the NHL, who knows who remains to be seen and how he actually shows up um, probably in the training camp and and even the summer. But uh, you know, he's Russian and he's played in North America. So perhaps maybe you don't need to sign a Grigorenko and you could do something within, or even like a Dmitry Sokolov, which, I mean, he's got to play himself into a position to be on the NHL roster first, I think, before you can even think of that. But mm-hmm. but there are players that I think that if they play themselves into a spot that maybe you can get away with it. It's just um, how realistic that is that at this point, considering that they're, they're still relatively young or unproven, it, it remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I think uh, Hovanov in training camp might actually be a, a pretty big help. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he plays himself into uh into a role where you know maybe he can be a power play specialist along with Kaprizov maybe that's maybe that's too much too fast for the kid he'll only be like 20 21 next year <laughs> sure uh but you know like there are there are some options that they can do and i i think that it, we're in agreement that it, it could be really helpful and the last and my favorite question of the night from Ben Gordon should we buy low and try to get granny back i wouldn't I, I would oh man, that's a good one. I don't know if you bark up that tree at this point. I think maybe that ship has kind of sailed. <laughs> Although like I think a, a nice playmaker for uh for Kaprasov would be really, really fun. It's just uh you know, he's gonna command at least a little bit 
I don't think it's necessarily buying low. He's still a player with 67 and 69 points in his past on this team. And I think that, uh, you know, he ain't going to be necessarily cheap, (laughs) even after a a season where he struggled this year. Maybe you don't do it where you extend him beyond this year. But, like, how fun would that be for a trade deadline pickup? Especially if you get, like, like if would you trade a second-round pick for Mikhail Granlund? Uh, maybe a second in 2021? Maybe. Maybe that plus, maybe plus prospect. Imagine getting Fiala for that package. <laughs> and, like, uh, two-thirds of a season of Mikhail Granlund. That's really funny to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think that uh, you could do worse at, at the trade deadline. You know, maybe... Uh, maybe he doesn't do enough to to put you over the top, but that could be like a good thing to like galvanize the locker room for a playoff push, or or who knows? Like maybe maybe that addition plus Zucker coming back from injury, maybe that gets the team going somewhere. I don't know that that I would be more interested in that than say I don't know who else is on the block now, but like someone like Alex Galchenyuk, you know, somebody yeah. who like has proven to be a fit with the team before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's that's a weird one because I was kind of at first thinking, hey, it might be a situation where you, you you go that route and maybe you think about it. At least I think at least you got to think about it, mm-hmm. whether or not you 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 actually pull the trigger and try to bring him in. Uh, I do think maybe that ship has kind of sailed. And that does it for another episode of Locked on Wild. If you enjoyed the show, please hit the subscribe button and then also download. It helps our numbers. It helps us out immensely. Uh, That subscribe button is also another great way to uh, get our episode every single day without having to do any work. So you can always have us on the go. Uh, Just pop up on your feed when you listen to your other podcasts, all that great stuff too. Uh, Also leave us a review. Uh, That helps us out as well. Um, You can also listen to us on your smart speakers. Uh, So there's... There's, there's really no reason why you can't listen to us wherever you're wherever you're at, whether you're at home or in the car, at work or whatever. And Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OhHiTony. You can also find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo, the number 15. I also find my work at ZoneCoverage.com. That'll do it from us. You have been listening to Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.